Hi, travelers. This is Space Mountain Mission Control. Please bear with us. Your ship is being prepped for launch and should be ready to go soon. Now, you've already been organized into teams, and soon each of you will be assigned a position. Navigator, pilot, commander, or engineer. Sun shining bright above you. Join us behind the scenes, where we are working to ensure that tomorrow's world will continue to be a world of motion. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 133 for the week of August 23rd, 2009. Thank you for tuning in once again. We'll start off this week's show with some news from around Walt Disney World, including information about the 2010 Moms Panel, pass holder special events, other event dates, and more. We may even pay a quick visit to the Walt Disney World rumor mill. After having recently attended two Disney fan meets around the country, I quickly realized that Disney magic isn't confined to the theme parks and resorts, but can happen almost anywhere. So this week, I'm joined in a roundtable discussion as we look at bringing and making Disney magic outside the parks. We'll talk about recent and upcoming events, how the internet has changed when and how like-minded enthusiasts can meet and a look at the Disney experience as a whole. I'll give you the clues for this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Contest before playing more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. week's Walt Disney World news, I want to start off by asking you a question. Do you love Walt Disney World? Are you a mom or dad or maybe neither, but just over 18, have access to a computer and the internet, obviously if you're listening to the show? Are you familiar with Walt Disney World and have visited at least once in the past 12 months? Can you speak and understand English? Complete at least 15 written responses per week, provide your own opinions and feedback, and be able to travel to Walt Disney World from December 4th through the 8th, 2009, and be willing to participate in something special for a minimum of 12 months? Okay, so that was more than one question, but if you answered all those or some of those as yes, then you can apply to be a member of the Disney World Moms Panel in 2010. The Moms Panel is going to start taking applications beginning September 10th, and I'll put a link in this week's show notes to more information and figure out exactly how and where to submit your application. The moms that have been selected for the last two years, and dads, by the way, 
have been selected because they demonstrate an excellent knowledge of Walt Disney World. They're familiar with the parks and resorts and dining and entertainment, shopping, and so much more, and are able to answer questions from guests right on the Disney World Moms panel forum. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. That's at DisneyWorldMoms.com. So if you are interested in being part of the Disney World Moms panel in 2010, visit this week's show notes at WDWRadio.com. Again, I'll put the link there for more information. And while one new opportunity comes, two more are leaving. So if you've ever thought about participating in Disney's Race for the Taste 10K or 3K and the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror 13K or 5K, October is your last chance because these races are not going to be returning in 2010. So that means this is your last chance to earn medals for these events before they head off into the Disney Race Medal Vault. And if you run both the 10K Race for the Taste and the 13K Tower of Terror event, you also get the Fall Race Challenge Medal. So you get the Taste and the Terror, and you also get a limited edition Finisher Medal as well as some very cool memories. So the Race for the Taste is on October 11th, and the 10K race is a course through Disney's Hollywood Studios and the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. There's entertainment. There's a post-race picnic with food samples from food and wine. There's entertainment, music, games, face painters, kids' races, an awards ceremony, lots more as well as awards for the top three male, female, military, and age group winners. And everybody that participates gets a collectible glass, a personalized bib, a goodie bag, a Race for the Taste finisher's medal, which is a new design for 2009. And once again, real importantly, you get to run and then you get to eat because you get food samples from Food and Wine Festival at the post-race picnic. The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, a 13K and a 5K, is going to be October 24th. 13K is very cool because it's a one-of-a-kind 13K nighttime run through the very deserted and desolate streets of Disney's Hollywood Studios that's going to end at the Hollywood Tower Hotel. There's also going to be a starting line with fireworks. There's a a mystery tour where you're going to have clues along the way. There's going to be post-race refreshments, awards, an after-hour party, and lots more There's also specially priced hotel rooms, theme park tickets, and lots more as long as you book by September 10th. I'm going to put links in the show notes to TowerOfTerror13K.com and DisneyRaceForTheTaste.com for more information. And also, this fall, look for an upcoming announcement from Disney on future Disney races that I think may replace these. I am actually going to be running in the Tower of Terror 13K 13K, and if you're interested in running as part of the WDW radio team, a link to a thread in the forums for more information. Let's go back to an important topic, food, because although the race for the taste combines running and food, in late 2008, as you may recall, in order to get ready for the introduction of the online reservation system that you can now use at DisneyWorld.com, Disney changed the advanced dining reservation booking window from 180 to 90 days. Well, now, as of October 27th, that window is going to return to its original 180 days. Again, that starts for all reservations made as of October 27th, 2009. Speaking of food, on August 29th, 
the booking window for the candlelight processional dining packages are going to begin. That includes guaranteed seating for the candlelight processional that runs from November 27th through December 30th at Epcot. And for more information or reservations, you can call 407-WDW-DINE. Again, the candlelight processional is a a mass choir, a 50-piece live orchestra, a wonderful, beautiful holiday tradition that also features celebrity narrators who retell the Christmas story. This year, there's Whoopi Goldberg, Vanessa Williams, Andy Garcia, and so much more. I'll, again, put links in the show notes to where you can find out more about the candlelight processional. Speaking of other special events, summer isn't quite over yet, but it's time to start thinking about Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. Because on 24 nights between September 4th and November 1st, just a couple of weeks away, the Magic Kingdom is going to be alive with ghosts and goblins and trick-or-treating and all kinds of special entertainment, including the Boo to You, like I said, Halloween parade, Happy Hallowishes fireworks, and more. You can dress up in costumes for the After Hours event, which runs from 7 p.m. through midnight. For more information to purchase advanced tickets, you can visit DisneyWorld.com slash Halloween or call 407-W-Disney. The Pirates League is going to be extending their hours during some select nights during Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween parties. So the Adventureland location where you can get transformed into a pirate is extending its hours to 8 p.m. on the Not-So-Scary Halloween party dates. So if you didn't bring a costume, you want to dress like a pirate, you can make reservations by calling 407-WDW-CREW. That's 407-939-2739. You can also do walk-ups up until about 7.45 p.m. on those dates. But again, reservations strongly recommended. There are three different pirate packages. Details can be found at DisneyWorld.com slash crew. Now, while I may not personally be a pin collector per se, there's a new series of pins coming out, which is just too cool not to mention. Because a new Pin of the Month collection is coming to Walt Disney World in January 2010, and they're called Then and Now. And each pin is going to salute a current Disney attraction and its predecessor. So nostalgia history buffs, you're going to love these because some attractions are going to include Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor and The Timekeeper, Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin, and If You Had Wings, Test Track, and World of Motion. For more information, I'll put a link in the show notes where you can find out more about these and other pin collections coming soon. If you are a Walt Disney World annual pass holder, Disney is going to be holding a special screening of the new Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasure direct-to-DVD film a month before it's released. And that is going to take place in in Town Square Exposition Hall in the Magic Kingdom. Sign-ups began August 20th. I'll put a link where you can go right to the Walt Disney World Pass Holder website. The event times are going to be Saturday, September 26th at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 6 p.m., or Sunday, September 27th, 2009, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. They are free, but again, you must be a valid Walt Disney World annual pass holder. A couple of quick updates on some recent Walt Disney World refurbishments. Number one on my list of must-sees when it reopens the Tomorrowland Transit Authority in the Magic Kingdom is scheduled to reopen on August 25th, just a couple of days away. And Space Mountain, also under refurb, is also on schedule to officially open November 22nd, although I would suspect we may see some soft openings 
a little bit before then. So if you have some trips planned in the middle of November, you might get lucky and catch a sneak peek of Space Mountain. And from what I understand, is going to be an amazing new interactive queue. Over in Epcot, the Living with the Land ride closed on August 2nd. And what I'm now hearing is that it's going to stay closed until October 31st. There's going to be some changes coming to the ride tracks, maybe the vehicles, who knows what else. And if you're interested in the land, maybe want to see some videos, hear some more about the attraction through the years, go back, check out a recent Land DSI podcast that I did. I'll link that up in the show notes. Over in Disney's Animal Kingdom, I just received word that the Flights of Wonder show will not be performed from September 13th until October 23rd. Now, while I don't know specific details, it's going to be very interesting to see why it's closed for more than a month. Finally, over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, I'm hearing that the Osborne Family Spectacle of Light is going to open up about 20 days earlier than it was originally scheduled to, as it's now going to open up on November 10th instead of November 30th. Again, for those of you traveling in middle to late November, you have a chance to see some of the wonderful holiday decorations and things going on around the parks. Let's take a quick trip sort of not into, but by the Walt Disney World rumor mill, because I don't want to talk too much about some of the rumors I'm hearing, because I have a feeling that some of what I'm hearing and some of what's going around on the internet may be closer to reality than rumor. And I believe that we're going to hear some official announcements very, very soon. But one that I thought was interesting and bore mentioning was that for all of you Pleasure Island fans... I've been hearing that along with some of the rumored changes that I've spoken about in the past, including some new dining venues and possibly a new lighthouse, I've also heard that not only will the mannequins and 8-tracks buildings not be torn down, but instead they may be getting ready for all new experiences inside. But as I said, I think we're going to see and hear many, many new things revealed, maybe even some of these rumors coming true, possibly, hopefully, at the D23 Expo in September. So if you have any news that you want to share, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com or to comment on any news or rumor stories, visit the forums at wdwradio.com. For years, many people who considered themselves Disney fans were confined to a certain degree to their enjoyment of what they loved so much to visiting the Disney parks or maybe watching a Disney movie or maybe even just talking with a fellow Disney fan at school or at work. And with the advent of the internet, like-minded people eventually found each other through bulletin boards and news groups and what would eventually become today's internet as communities of fans began to show up and rapidly grow, evidencing the size and the strength of what was quickly becoming an online Disney community. And these people in these groups and that had met online quickly became, quote-unquote, online friends. And some even took that very scary first step of meeting 
in person and forming friendships that might otherwise never have come about. And it wasn't long afterwards when these people started turning these individual meetings into small group events in shopping malls and in Disney stores and other venues far away from the parks, which drew them together in the first place. And so it began, the radical concept of taking that Disney magic and bringing it to wherever like-minded people could get together. And after having recently attended two meets on opposite ends of the country, which embodied that spirit of getting together to share what we love, I wanted to talk not just about the meets themselves, but really about the overriding concept of making Disney magic outside the theme parks. And rather than me just sort of wax poetic for hours about my personal experiences, I wanted to bring to the virtual roundtable other fans and friends who have shared in them as well. For each one of them is going to, hopefully, offer their own unique perspective on the events. So, ladies first, and I want to welcome back Lori Burke. You may know her as the former co-host for the day and veteran of the Magic Meet and Mouse Fest fan gatherings. So, Lori, my friend, welcome back to the show. It's great to be back. It's been too long, really. Yeah, whose fault's that? And that that's all you. Um, <laughs> next on the Hit Parade, sitting right next to Lori um, in spirit, is Tony Caggiano, and he is a, a sort of a recent convert and first-time attendee to Magic Meets and new friend. So, Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Actually, this, you've, this is your second time because you were at the wrapping party. Yeah, we were at the late-night uh, wrapping party session there. Yeah, session fiasco. Call it what you wish. <laughs> and uh, third at the table, you know her. You may love her. It's Becky Mankin, who's a long, long time veteran of not just Magic Meets and Mouse Fest, but other fan gatherings, including the inaugural PNW Mouse Meet in Seattle, which we were both at last weekend. So, Becky, I want to welcome you back to the show. Hola. It's great to be here. It's great to have you back. And um, and, and again, I wanted you all to come on, because like I said, you're all going to, I think, bring sort of a different uh, maybe opinion and view as to these different events. And I want to talk about things like magic meat and the mouse meat and even other, some of the other things. And maybe this is a good place to start because when I, I started to think about these fan gathering and these fan events, there were ones that came to mind that just kind of made sense to us Disney fans. And I thought of things like mouse fest and NFFC and the rec arts, Disney parks, because they were in Walt Disney World. So you could almost explain it to your friends what you were doing. Well, I'm going down to Disney World, but I'm going down to meet other people. Uh, here, what, we're, what we've been doing elsewhere is a lot different because now we're saying, okay, you know, we're not going to Disney World. And, and I would have to try and explain, okay, so you're going to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for the weekend <laughs> to talk about Disney World with strangers. Right. Did you guys now, let me ask you, did you guys sort of go through that as well? Yeah. Feel free to jump in, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All of us raise our hand at once. Yeah. For me, absolutely. It, I, I, it actually started way back when, before um, I actually started attending these um, 
these events because, of course, many of us have this wonderful Disney addiction and our friends and our family don't understand it. So when you start talking about, yeah, I'm going to go to Pennsylvania and I'm going to be in a ballroom with 550 people that, that understand me, it's, it really is a refreshing, um, a, a refreshing thing. And people kind of look at you a little cross-eyed when you, when you talk about it. Well, now let me just go back. So, Lori, for example, you are a Mouse Fest veteran. Obviously, Mouse Fest takes place in Walt Disney World. So there are events that take place in the parks, although sort of the, the keystone of the event was the Mega Mouse Meet. Again, where we step outside the parks, meet in a large ballroom. I, I guess that for you, again, sort of made sense because you knew that you'd be going down to the parks but still meeting some, some like-minded people. Yeah, yeah, you know, when you're going down there and you're meeting in the parks, outside the parks, it's very different than, yeah, going to Camp Hill and meeting people and, you know, there's no rock and roller coaster to run to to get on with everybody. Yeah, and, and I know for me personally, um, and I want to hear sort of your stories as how you found out about the event and, and what sort of drew you to them, but I remember... When Fred Block, who was the founder of Magic Meets, uh, contacted me back in 2005 about seeing if I'd be interested to coming to speak at something that he was putting together called Dismeets, which was going to be this gathering of Disney fans literally in my backyard because it was in Edison, New Jersey, where I was living. And I said, would you mind coming by and talking? And I said, well, about what? You know, what do you want? Why? Because I just my book had just come out. So he says, come out, come out, do some trivia. I said, okay. And I said, just because it's so close, I can spare half a Saturday. And I remember getting my wife and, and my very young daughter at the time in the car. And uh, I can admit this because I told Fred already. I said to my wife, I said, listen, if this is really stupid, get ready to pull the, I'm tired. I don't feel well. We got to get the heck out of here and blow out of this place because I had no idea what to expect. And I think this is something that, that is probably going to be an overriding thing for all these events is as soon as we got there, we were greeted by such friendly people, Fred and his family, and we sat at this table with strangers who instantly were able to start a conversation with us, again, because we were all kind of there in this little room of, of 40 people for that same reason, which was to talk about Disney. I ask you first, because Tony, I'm going to get to you because you, I kind of can sense how you probably started to hear about these events, but talk to me, Lori, about how you first heard about things like Magic Meets and what it was that appealed to you about wanting to come out to it. Um, if I remember correctly, the first time I heard about Magic Meets was I read it in Deb Will's All Ears newsletter and saw it and I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And I called my mom and, you know, we kind of looked into it and decided to go to it. And, you know, the, the first one, you know, we had a lot of fun and, and stuff like that. But as years have gone on, they've gotten so much better especially being involved like with the dream team in the auction they've i don't know it's hard to even explain what it's what it's like for me but they're amazing and i'm so glad i meet so many new people every year so before you went I, I like what were your expectations what did you think was going to take place there or did you or did you have any expectations um i i guess i didn't really have any expectations cuz i'd never been to mouse fest so i just wasn't sure what to expect what it was going to be like and I mean, it was probably a lot better than I thought it was going to be, other than Cassie getting sick while we were there. But it was it was amazing. Blame Fred. Um, had you ever <laughs> had you ever done anything like that where met 
Disney friends online or, you know, your friends be like, wait, you're going to go meet the scary internet friend that you met in a chat room or a, a bulletin board somewhere? No. No, and even that then, I wasn't like that involved in the community, so... I didn't really go there searching out people that I had met online anywhere. We just went, just mom and I, without really knowing anybody else. And now, Becky, again, you sort of come at this from different perspectives. Do you remember when you first attended or for how you first found out about what eventually became Magic Meets? Oh, absolutely. I, w- I was, of course, a, a close business partner with, with Deb from All Ears, and she had attended um, one year for Magic Meets, and she came back to me and she said, man, there really is something special going on here. And, you know, we Fred would like to have some more um, support and help, and why don't you two talk about it? And she told me about this amazing group of people that, that met in the middle of Pennsylvania, in the middle of nowhere to me, of course, because I had never been there. And just said that it the room exuded Disney magic, and that was so hard to believe, never having been there. Uh, so she got me involved with Fred, and of course he and I uh, began chatting about how we could help plus up the event, and that's where it started. And what year was that? Do you remember? Oh, geez, I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. I think I think we've done four years with them now, so we would it would have been the third year that we came in into play. Yeah, and as Actually, John, Rick, and I are the only two people that have been to every Mouse Fest to date. It's amazing to me to see the growth of the event from what it was in that little room at the Victorian Manor in Edison, New Jersey with 40 people to the well-oiled machine <laughs> that it is now with, with 550-plus uh, in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Yeah, and, and that's for Magic Meets. I, I suppose that what you're talking about, you actually said um – uh, Mouse Fest, which they're so easy to get confused. <laughs> and that's the thing. And, and, yeah. and this is almost why I wanted to approach him in this way is because, you know, I, I remember being approached about Mouse Fest back in 2003 and, again, having no idea what to expect. And, again, this one almost made sense to me because it was in Disney World and it was going right. to be this gathering of these various communities. Becky, when did you first start attending Mouse Fest? Um, I was pretty much year one with Mouse Fest. I was at the table when the ideas started being tossed around and um, there was this need because there were so many communities out there for people to meet each other face to face because we knew we knew the, the login names. We knew each other from little pictures that we posted online and um, it was one of those things of Rad P had done something previously that Deb was involved with apparently and um, we were looking for a a way to plus it up again, a way to uh, to have a, a gathering of the people so they could meet each other face to face and still uh, have a, a reason to obviously at Disney World to um, to enjoy the thing we love. So to watch it go from um, from a gathering that's at the location at one of the parks and the, the complete difference with the the magic that's created you know, 900 miles away, it really is a dynamic um, and impressive feat. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually supposed to go down in 2003. I got snowed in the morning of my flight, and I was very, very disappointed that I couldn't make it. Um, yeah. And because I wanted to see, I wanted to just kind of get a feel for the dynamic as to really what was going to be going on. And I guess my personal sort of first sense of 
this community that reached outside the parks was back around in 2004. Um, again, my, my first book had come out, and I was doing some book signings in local areas. And I remember the first one that I did up at a Barnes & Noble in Clark, New Jersey, there was like 130 people there, which... You know, I thought it was going to be like me and my mom if she showed up and maybe my <laughs> And it wasn't about I, – I, I use that number not just to illustrate that these people came there and stayed for hours just to talk about Disney World. And I said, well, maybe they're here for the free food. But there was no free food. <laughs> and I, I left kind of wondering, like, what just happened here? You know, is right. are, are people so – hungry to meet each other and talk about something when they can't get down to the parks. And I think that's why and how things like Diz Meets and, and Magic Meets and the Mouse Meet and some of these other localized events are starting to take place. Right. And I think it's kind of interesting because seriously, a lot of us didn't realize that there were other people out there that really enjoyed this this Disney thing as much as we did. So to find those other people, those like-minded people, it was it was really cool. Yeah, and, and it's not just – it's all over. I mean, Becky, looking at last weekend is, is very much illustrative of that point. Now, Tony, you obviously sort of latecomer to, to the game. How did you first start getting into this whole thing, into the community and into the desire to come to these events? Well, it probably started out about three or four years – probably four years ago, I guess. Maybe more now. I got an iPod. And I just, you know, I was downloading stuff on iTunes and I was Googling Disney music and see what I could find. And your old uh, podcast came up. And so I downloaded that. And that's really the only connection I had to any of the Disney online community for a while. And as I well, what was your favorite me, of all the podcasts? That, I mean, I'm just, I mean, out of curiosity, I'm just trying to gauge. What was that? Back then, I, that was it. You know, it was I had the mouse tunes going. And uh, that's the only thing I knew of the Disney online community was through that. And as you had as you had folks on, and I'd listen, and I'd try to find out more, and I'd see some of their websites. And then I remember you talking about Facebook. Um, that was later on, though. That was on the uh, on this podcast, the WDW Radio podcast. So I actually had been on Facebook and never used it. So I went on, and I friended you, and listened to the show, and started friending some other people. You spoke about Pat, and um, this is all just probably a little over a year ago. And I would, I'd friend Pat, and she was a little leery. I said, we got into a little conversation online and found out about your uh, meet in January. And that's where I first, you know, kind of put faces to people I'd met online. I'd spoken to Lori very briefly online before that. And at that point, I probably had 15 or 20 Facebook friends. And uh, of the 15 or 20, probably six or seven were Disney World uh, geeks like us. And uh, that's it. Went to... Went to the meet in January, met a lot of people there, and it's just kind of snowballed since then. And it's uh, it's really great, like Becky was saying, to finally meet people with with uh, love for Disney, like we all have. Because growing up, where I grew up, we went every year to Disney World, my family, and uh, I had no other friends who did that. You know, growing up in uh, I grew up in the Bronx and played a lot of sports, and all my friends just thought I was completely out of my mind. So nobody really got it. And then to finally meet somebody who did get it, it was. Uh, it was pretty amazing for me. You know, it was a, a huge deal to meet people and get to sit down and talk about this stuff that, you know, this is 37 years I've been going down there and I had no one to talk about it on the level we all enjoy talking about it. 
And I was going to say, is that what it was? We we motivated to do this because the people at work are like, Tony, man, enough with the Disney stuff. I'm, I'm tired. Were you just sort of looking to connect with other people that were as passionate with you uh, as you were and then hopefully sort of meet them and befriend them or, or <laughs> go to the events? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not really a sidelines guy. I've never I've never been a spectator of much stuff. I grew up playing a lot of sports, but I never watched sports. I grew up doing a lot of things, but I never was into watching others do things. So when I started to get involved in this community, I started friending more people. You know, I started I started my own blog and uh, just got involved with spoke to Pat about the Dream Team and really wanted to get involved with that because I enjoy being part of something, an active contributor. Um, not really the one to sit back and watch. So to be able to really jump in and become part of something and become friends with people who enjoy this as much as I do, which I really, I didn't even know existed. I didn't even know you all existed, to be honest with you. I thought I was real freaking nature. I mean, I didn't know anyone. <laughs> well, that, that's not necessarily still up for debate. Um, <laughs> Can I say something about Facebook? Sure. It's made a huge difference, I think, in the whole Disney community because once you meet somebody or know somebody that knows somebody else, yeah, like everybody wants to be your friend because like the first time I was on the show, suddenly I had all these Facebook friends because they heard me on the show and it's amazing how, you know, it Facebook really changed, changed things, I think, even different than like forums because there's people on Facebook that aren't on the forums that I go to and I think it just... A blue, you know, has totally blown everything even bigger. The whole Disney community. You are 100 percent right, and that's actually something I was going to talk about. Was Facebook is a total game changer, and tying it into what we do as as a as a sort of an overreaching Disney community. Yes, there were. God, I'm going way back, but there were Usenet news groups, and then there were bulletin boards, and then these forums started where there were individual communities. There was a Disney World trivia community. There was a, a passporter community. There was an intercom. And these little pockets of communities formed that people had that they felt was their home, and they could go and talk with other people. And what Facebook has done has sort of blown the doors open for all those communities to now have a central place. You don't have to be like, well, I'm, I only post at WDW Radio. Well, now when you post on Facebook, you're opening up to everybody. Uh, you're opening up to, to, to interact with and to listen and engage in these conversations. And so you're 100% right. I think it's been a, a huge benefit to people, especially those of whom who, you know, I, I don't want to start having to post now on a forum and on Facebook and on Twitter and on MySpace and whatever, you know, Tumblr or whatever else is coming next. Um, so you're right. Facebook has sort of offered us all this this central repository for all the different things that we want to discuss, whether it's Disney or not. Well, yeah. yeah for me personally, that was that was the doorway that brought it in. I mean, I went on Facebook. I friended you, Lou. I honestly had 15 friends at that point, and I don't know. I don't really remember how I came in touch. How I originally friended Lori, but it was before we ever met. I friended her. It might have been. I think it was actually because of the uh, was the uh, host for a day, and I friended her, and we spoke, and you know we hit it off, joking around. I I owed her a Dole Whip fifteen minutes into no one apparently. Yeah, I so, still want that. Know, <laughs> yeah. So when we met at the uh, at the meet in January, I got to meet Lori. I met I met Glenn a couple weeks before that because she was he was friends with Lori, and we started doing you know he puts up these hysterical statuses, so I started trying to have some fun with that. 
And what was 15 people in January, I mean, I have, I have 1,500 Facebook friends now. Of the 1,500 Facebook friends, quite honestly, 1,200 are Disney community members. And since, since being at the um, Magic Meets and all this stuff, it's just, it's exploded. I'm getting, you know, 200 right. Facebook friends a week. And and for me, this is a wonderful opportunity because while I I'm usually sitting behind the desk talking about Disney, booking Disney, um, working on people's Disney trips. When you go to the events, you get to meet people in person, but you're only uh, able to really sit and talk with somebody for so long to really get to know them because it's such a busy day for those of us who are uh, you know behind a table and. And working the event, Facebook opened up the ability to meet those people and say, hey, friend me. And then uh, there's conversations that can go on much beyond just the, hey, you know, what, what resort do you want to stay at when you go to, to Disney World? So it, it really has had a great impact of getting to know people a lot better. And for me, you know, on other than just being a Disney fan, being a Disney enthusiast that wants to enjoy what I love with other people from the side of of the books and the podcasts and things like that. I, I one of the things I enjoy the most is being able to meet people, and that's why things like Mouse Fest and and the Meets of the Month were great. But when opportunities came up like Magic Meets and the PNW Mouse Meet, to be able to meet up with people and who who may not get down to Disney as often as we do, that was a huge opportunity uh, because I enjoy that so so much. And again, it's not about the place it's about the people and all these events i mean really sort of pay tribute to that absolutely and i'll throw that in for the pacific northwest mouse meet that we just did last week lou uh here i am i live in seattle and this is a beautiful opportunity for me to finally go to an event and have a little disney magic and not have to get on a plane and you just do that did that flight so i know that you have a a good understanding of, of what I mean there. But there were people here in this community who I've known and seen and talked to on boards, and uh, but I had never met in person. I live here in the city. So it was a wonderful opportunity to meet the, them face-to-face. And for me, and, and again, this was the inaugural Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet, which you introduced me to, to Don Moore and, and some of the other organizers and who said, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to put together this, this little thing, again, which sort of grew very quickly, much like Magic Meets, even in, in the, first, uh, the first time they went out and did it. And first of all, to your point, it's a really, really long flight from Orlando <laughs> to Seattle. My Yay. God, woman, that is the literally the opposite side of the world. Somebody, uh, <laughs> somebody understands. <laughs> and... Although I've done Magic Meets for six years and I've done some of the other, other events, I really went in not knowing what to expect. I'm like, well, you really are so physically removed from Walt Disney World, even Disneyland. Um, I had no idea what to expect. And opposite end of the country, it was exactly the same. There was an electricity in the air. There was a vibe in the air. And there was this sense of friendship and camaraderie with everybody and it's amazing I, I just it's hard to wrap my mind around especially trying to explain to other people how that happens that feeling it, it's amazing and like I said I'm I'm blessed to have my my career be part of the Disney magic however getting out from behind the desk from off the phone and being in those 
areas that are so charged with with happiness and magic and all the things that we love about Disney, um, it really recharges my batteries. And I, I so enjoy these events, um, even though my feet hurt <laughs> and there's a, a lot of plane travel for most of them, except for the one up here. It really goes a long way to recharge my batteries to, to give me that that little Disney fix that I need. So, Lori, uh, you are very much. Uh, a part of the community and a part of the dream team and you go to all these different events and are very much uh, an active member of it how do you explain it to others how do you explain it to people you work with or the people who are back home in pennsylvania about what you're doing and, and where you're going without um, get, and do you get the funny looks <laughs> oh i get the funny looks even if i don't talk about disney but <laughs> yeah they, they really don't get it. I mean, I live in this hick town and I have some friends, close friends around here that get the Disney thing, but a lot of them just look at me like, why, why are you going there? What are you doing? But when I talk about the auction and that we're having this auction to raise money, then they seem to to like get it and understand it. And they're like, oh, okay, you're going away for that auction. And then it's, it's okay. But if I say, well, I'm going to meet like 550 people that I don't really know, they're like, what? You know? They think I'm a freak. But, yeah, when I bring the auction to it, everything's okay and fine. But, yeah, I still get the looks. And I've kind of almost learned not to talk about my Disney, I don't know what you want Obsession. to call it. Obsession. <laughs> because, yeah, I get t- I actually get tired of getting the looks because they just don't get it. And I'm like, well, someday when you guys go down, you'll get it. You know. And I've had friends that like didn't get it. They go down, they kind of get it, but they still don't get it. But then I have had friends that go down and... I have a friend that she went down because I told her to go, and now she's a travel agent. Just right. for me telling her to go to Disney once. Well, I've, in, in the years of, of trying to explain things like Mouse Fest and Magic Meets to people who either are casual Disney fans or who just like, it's not for me, they start thinking, and, and no offense because I am a Star Trek, they think, is it like a Star Trek convention? Are you all going right. down dressed up like Mickey Mouse and Peter Pan and dancing around the room? <laughs> <laughs> And I, well, there's a couple of them. Um, I'm, I'm not one of them that goes down and get dressed, but there is such a disconnect. They, and it, it is very hard to make them understand, even when you talk about the different elements. And Tony, I'll put this question to you. What was it when you were saying, hey, maybe we should try this Magic Meats thing out that you thought was going to appeal to you most about the meats and what end up ended up being the part that you enjoyed the most. So was it the speakers or the vendors or the merchandise or the guests or the food, whatever, you know, what was it? For me, it was really, like you said, it's just the people just to be able to go there and meet like-minded people after all these years of, uh, living on this, uh, Disney geek Island that I was on, you know, um, we went there and for, I think I looked at the original, maybe original Disney's that friend Fred did, Maybe it was, hey, we can't get to Disney World, but we can meet with some local people who are into it and go and do this and, you know, get a little bit of the magic without the big trip. For me, I'm a DVC member. I have an annual passport. To fly down to Disney World for the weekend, It's first of all, it's quicker to fly there than drive to Pennsylvania, and the entire thing would actually be far cheaper to spend, believe it or not, spend the five days in Disney World for me. It was completely about the people. It was about going there and meeting people that, first of all, I had known through Facebook and working with the Dream Team, and then just to meet new people. You know, I have, uh, on Facebook, I have people friend me because they see that I'm friends with you all, and we're talking back and forth, and, you know, that people can see. 
And then to be at the Magic Meets this time, I had 20 different people come up to me when they saw my name tag that knew me from Facebook. And it was just, a, it was so cool to finally meet people, like-minded people, and that's completely what it was about. It was about the people. It really was more than anything else. And Becky, having been to MouseFest and to Magic Meets, I mean, they are, they're very, very different events. Uh, MouseFest, there were advantages to it because, oh, well, you're in Disney World and you have plenty right. of time to go. But Magic Meets, almost because you take the theme park element out and the fact that people are so spread out and, you know, there's a meet here and five minutes later there's a meet there and where do I go and what do I – and there's all that running around. There is something to say about being in this central location in that single room with all these other people. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I love Mouse Fest. I love it for what it is. I love being able to, to experience the magic with my friends and, and do the things we do there. But Magic Meets is a completely separate animal. And like you said, I personally like the fact that there's no other distractions. You're in one place. You're all together. You can um, have time, which I, I find at MouseFest, I don't have a lot of time to sit in and really talk with people and, and get to know them, which it's all about the, the relationships and, and the people for me on these events. So um, I do prefer, in a way, to, uh, to have that one day where there's no distractions and you're all together with a lot of opportunity to, to chat about the thing you love. And I do want to say something about Magic Meets. The first time that I attended, I wasn't really sure myself what I was getting into for the exception of what, what you had told me, what Deb had told me and others. But th when I arrived, I walked through the parking lot and looking at all the cars of people who had arrived early and seeing the license plates that all had something to do with Disney of some sort or the decals or the, the banners people had done and put on the side of their cars. That gave me an idea of really what I was getting myself into. Absolutely. And something happened this past weekend at the Northwest Meet in Seattle, um, which I didn't expect and I, and I just thought was was very interesting as it was happening. Um, we had gotten set up Saturday morning and waiting for the event to start. And I, and I brought my laptop with me just in case I needed to print something out or I needed access to some information, whatever it was. And I said, you know what? There's Wi-Fi in here. I'm going to just throw up Real quickly, impromptu, a live stream, a live broadcast, and I'll tweet it out on Twitter, I'll put it up on Facebook, and maybe just kind of show people the venue, because this is such a new thing, at least up here, and give my an idea of what was going on. And as I took the laptop and was walking around the room and just sort of showing people setting up, I watched the numbers of people rise. It was um, incredible. And as I was about to close, I was like, hey, the meet's going to start, I'm going to close it down there were still, you know, there were a lot of people in there and we decided to keep it going for the rest of the day because people were enjoying even sitting at home at their computer, staying connected to that event. And somebody told me that at one point, the highest number of people that they saw, and again, I just use this for illustrative purposes only, was about 530. It's incredible. Sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> watching what was going on and watching the people come over and, and I would take it around and I'd talk to Margaret Carey or I'd talk right. to this one or talk to that one. And it, it it just goes to show you that desire to want to stay connected, even sort of as a, a, a third party to what's going on here. Right. And do you remember, Lou, when you said, I've got to go, I'm, I'm going to log off because I need to go do my talk. 
and remember the the, the leagues of people going, <laughs> take us with you, take us with you, because nobody wanted it to stop. They wanted to to be part of it and actually, you know, see what else was going on. I thought that was just incredible. Yeah, yeah and, it was a lot of fun. And some people sat there. I mean. For hours, uh, and later emailed me and said, "Thank you for letting me not getting work done on Saturday because <laughs> I was watching you and I was watching the the people come by." And then it was an interesting dynamic, Becky, from our side when I was finally able to push you and the other mouse fan tra- travel people out of the way and let some of the other guests come <laughs> wow. over and get on camera. How they were enjoying watching that interaction on their end. Oh, it was funny because you had walked away to do something and you had set the laptop there and people would walk up to it and look at it and kind of read, not realizing that they were actually being part of it. And uh, I was sitting with my laptop right next to to your booth and basically saying, hey, you know, make sure to say hi to the people. And when they realized that they were on, they'd start waving and then they'd get really excited. It's like there's other Disney fans watching me. And it, it, it really had a, a unique perspective. It was It was really neat. And again, yeah, I, I, sorry, go ahead, Tony. No, I was saying I stopped in and we, we, you know, I was on there on the live feed and it was, it was a lot of fun to be in the room. The, you know, what limited, what you could see was very limited at certain points looking across the room. And if folks came up, everybody would start trying, you know, talking to each other and talking to them and people were laughing and Becky is on the outside talking, and then she's in the chat room writing to everyone. It was it was a, it was a lot of fun, but it was amazing. Yeah, I was working from home, so I went and I did some work, and I come back an hour later, and there's you know 250 people in the room. It was hysterical, and all day, I was check. I actually check in and out all day long, and it was it was so funny to see that many people. So many people stayed on the whole day. Lori actually left and went to a barbecue and came back and got my phone. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was, was going to say, awesome. I was there at the beginning and I caught the end. And yeah, I couldn't believe like everybody was still there. But my That's... favorite part was Lou, you know, sucking the helium and talking to everybody. <laughs> Great. Happy I could, happy I could entertain you. <laughs> I, hey, I, I had to walk across the room and grab him and, and throw a balloon at him and make him do that. So, you know. <laughs> and he did it be... without being paid for charity. It was great. I know. I, I kind of got away with that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, uh, it was a very interesting thing to watch because yeah. people were interacting with who were in the chat room who couldn't see each other and talk to each other were chatting with each other. They were chatting with the people coming by. Becky was there. I was. So there was so much going on. And again, people just wanted to just be a part of it. They just wanted to spend some time talking with other Disney fans. And you talk about the connection with people and the Facebook connection. After being online just that day, you know, at the live feed from the Mouse Meet, the uh, PNC, well, PNW, District <laughs> Northwest Mouse Meet. There you go. I, this uh, Mouse Meet sponsored by PNC go. Bank. <laughs> um, yeah, but after being online that day on Facebook, I had Eight people friend me on Facebook saying that they met me in the chat room, and I still talk to you. People sent me very nice birthday wishes and all sorts of stuff. It's just, it's so great to be a part of a community that's this, and of people who are so open to meeting new people. Yeah. And you know, they just, it's unbelievable. And, and, and Tony, to that point, Honestly, over the, over the 10 or 11 years that I've been part of the Disney community in one form or another, um, I, I have met some people who have turned into be more like family than just friends. And that's, I think, the core of it is it this this thing, this Disney addiction, the, the freakishness that, that some of us will say, yep, that's me. Um, we, we've drawn together and I, I've really um, 
I value those friendships and those relationships so much. It's it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to get together with people. I was just going to say that in the few years, the, the five or six years or so that I've been doing this, uh, the greatest blessing for me has been the people that I've met and mm-hmm. the friendships that I've made. And there are people back home that I had known and were friends with since kindergarten that I didn't feel as much of a connection with as people that I may have met six months ago. And I've become better friends with the people in the Disney community because I think we all share not just a love of Disney World and Disney movies and Mickey Mouse, but there is a set of ideals. There's a set of values and and all these different things that I think we share that brings us all together, that, that, that fosters these kinds of friendships and relationships and, and romances and, and everything else that seems to come out of these things. So well, true. You were, asked, you were asking before what was what did I enjoy the most about the meet? It's the bro and, it's the bromance that you and I have formed, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> there you go. Here, it was a inch pizza we had. <laughs> yeah, Titanic pizza. I put that on Facebook. I got a lot of comments about that. But no, seriously, it was the night before. We're setting up. And it's getting late. We're getting the auction items ready. Everybody's in there. And everybody was using these the bellhop carts to bring their stuff in. And at one point, I'm pushing a bellhop cart, and my little my son's on there, and Lou's kids are on there. Fred's little daughters are on there. And just, I'm pushing everybody's kids around. I'm like, that was amazing to me. It was so much fun to, it was actually friendship and really like a little, like a family gathering. The kids were all getting together. My wife is very understanding of my addiction. She loves Disney World and all this, but she was a little nervous about going. Like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to talk to? We did the wrapping party. She made she made a bunch of great friends. She was happy to see them. She made good food too, by the way. Just so you know. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Our pleasure. Yeah, we can't, you know the Italian us, we can't show up without food, and we always have to cook. Whatever the number of people there is, you, you multiply it by three, and that's what you prepare for. So there was plenty to go around. Well, but yeah, Charlene got there, and she just, you know, she met Deanna, and she hung out with Deanna and Renee and all the kids going to the see the magician. To me, that was the best part of it. It was true friend making real friends, really having a good time, sitting down with Lori and her mom and her daughter. It was, it was like, I had tears in my eyes thinking about all this. And we're a thousand miles away from Disney World. It really had, at this point... It was the core. Disney was at the core, but it had nothing to do with the parks for me. Exactly. It was so much mm-hmm. more than that. Oh, I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, man. I love you too, man. It, it really is. It It's such a hard thing to explain because I come home. My, my husband, of course, is very, very supportive of, of the Disney addiction. and He's got it as well. And he doesn't get to travel as much. So I, I come home and I try to get to explain to him, you know, when when the show is over, at, when Magic Meets was over, and people walked out, you're left with this feeling. And I cannot put the words behind it, but it really, really is. Um, I, I guess if, if this is what Pixie Dust feels like, that's what it would be. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and one thing that has grown out of these events, um, and I think it's very, very important to, to mention because we, we all kind of glossed over it, was and is the charitable aspect to all of these things and, and the charity work and the things that, that you talk about, you use that word magic, <laughs> that that takes place is such a testament to 
the people involved, whether it's impromptu fundraising or the you know the the dream team auction. I mean, you're talking about something that people for more than a year have donated their time and their efforts and their energy and in some many cases their sanity to put together and organize and have the wrapping party and get all that stuff. I mean, and again, it almost, like you said, Tony, it's almost not about Disney anymore. It's about the work that we all want to do together to help people. And it takes place in Harrisburg and in, it took place in Seattle. It takes place at Mousefest. And I mean, this past year, you know, I, we, we last year we hit $20,000. And just when I think we we all kind of believe that we hit this insurmountable peak in terms of dollar figures, and, and certainly my expectations were so much lower this year because of the economy, and but because of so many different gestures and so many of those little impromptu things and those selfless acts, something happened like what happened this year at Magic Meets, and you know, Tony, I. I I, I have to honestly bring attention to what you did because that is just such a testimony to that desire to be part of something and to help create magic, not for us as individuals, but for other people who we don't know, who we'll never meet, but who really need that. And and it makes us appreciate all these things so much more, I think. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was... Uh... It was really exciting to be able to be a part of that. Um, some of the people that I met, it all started when I met everyone at, at the meet in Disney World in January. And, uh, you know, it just snowballed. I just really wanted to do something to, uh, it wasn't about, you know, jumping in and saying, look what I can do. It was just so much more, it was more personal. And it, it became public with the donation, but um, it's hard to talk about it even. I mean, when I was there, we went up on stage, and when we went on stage, I stood at the end, and I look at photographs, and I'm, like, leaning on the rail with my head down. I had this knot in my stomach, and it was, uh, it was, that might have been one of the, the coolest things I've ever been a part of, was being part of the Dream Team this year. I mean, in my you entire know, life, one of the greatest things I've ever been a part of. And we're all standing there crying, and we just look at you and Charlene, and you guys are just standing there, like, I don't know what you guys are crying about. Let's kind of step back because for maybe those listeners who, who don't know what Sorry. we're talking about, um, and, and I'm sure, Tony, and I could imagine it's hard for you to, to speak about what you did. So I, I will try and do it the justice that it deserves. So we have the, the Dream Team auction and there's various other fundraising things going on that start really Friday night and there's people – who are doing it online and there's fundraising going on at different tables and people are donating proceeds from stuff that they're selling. So it's coming in from all different directions. And Justin Machoni is up there and he's, um, he's reading the numbers out one by one. And again, just so beautifully done and so professionally well done. People from the dream team are coming up with, with giant sort of fake checks with, with the different numbers and you can see where we're going, and you can see where this number is going. And before we read the totals, uh, Justin says, well, hold on a second. I, I have an envelope. I'm like, okay. And uh, thank God he gave it to Pat, because how she got through reading it, I ne- I'll never know. And <laughs> <No doubt. laughs> it is, an, at the time, an anonymous note talking about 
a personal experience that we now know Tony had uh, in Walt Disney World that sort of prompted him to want to do something. I I never saw this coming. I had no idea. Pat didn't. We're looking at each other. We have no clue. At least I didn't have a clue where it was coming from because it was unsigned. And they give me the envelope with with the check in it. And uh, I, I had kept it together. Man, I was keeping it together even when I saw the numbers coming in, which is, which is tough to do because um, of the difference that you know we're making. And uh, I, I start to pull the check out. Um, and it's for $10,000. So I turn and I look and then I see everybody crying behind me because they've seen it. I'm like, <laughs> damn you people. And uh, I was still okay because I was digging my nails into my fa- into my hands so I wouldn't get all weepy. And then I saw Tony's name. And, uh, you know, what do you say? And I just looked over at him and he kind of just smirked. And I was like, well, do you want me to say your name? Do you know what? And he's like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. I don't care. I'm like, dude, it's $10,000. <laughs> you know, but Tony, that that's just, and it's, it's about the number figure, but it's not. It's about just your desire to want to be a part and to, to want to help. And, and listen, it's $10,000. So, but that's what these things are all about. That's what these meets and events are all about when you start talking about the charitable aspects of it. Not a dry eye in the house. I'm crying all over again. <laughs> God, I knew we should have done video today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and it was so hard because you're standing up there and you're looking out at everybody and you see everybody else crying. So you just like cry even more. So it was like, oh my gosh, that person's like totally bawling. And I'm like, I can't look at them. I can just keep crying. And these tissues are sponsored by Mouse Fan Travel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so waiting for a Mouse Fan Travel tissue box next year. Well, okay. It's on the list. (laughs) But Tony's letter is on the Dream Team blog, if anybody would like to read it, on the WDW radio site. Yes. I'm going to link all that stuff up uh, in the show. And there's photos and, and, again, just sort of giving you a sense of... Um, of what takes place there, but yeah, and like you said, Lou, it, it, it's it's about the people who are who come to these events, the folks who put their time and their effort and put their money forward to help these efforts. It, it really is. I, I'm speechless when I start thinking about um, all the all the time and energy that goes behind it, it to make a difference. And uh, that's one thing I'm my business is all about as well. We we do all we can to uh, to support these efforts and, and the charitable aspect is a huge thing as well. And to have this as a vehicle to be able to make a difference in somebody's life is is wonderful. I agree. Um, and again, we, we've been talking about how we've watched these events grow and change and expand in in size and scope. And I think we're just about to hit maybe a new level um, when we talk about these Disney meets and these Disney events, especially ones that take place outside the park. And what I'm referring to specifically is something that's going to take place in the next couple of weeks. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see Disney's D23 Expo. It Woo-hoo! is. A- Obviously, some of us are going. Um, It's something that has now been organized by Disney, but, and again, on a much, much grander scale, they are going to be trying to do to a certain degree what's been going on and and making, they're making the magic themselves because although it's across the street from Disneyland, they're creating an event for enthusiasts and fans on a scale never before seen. 
the size and the scope and the number of guests and, and who's participating. I mean, all of the Disney brands are going to be there. And I think it's very, very interesting that they're also going to welcome and they invited in third-party enthusiasts and collectors mm-hmm. and vendors to exhibit as well. And I think that is very telling in their desire and, and to demonstrate that their efforts towards making this a community event, not necessarily a Disney event. Right. And Lou, I got to say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm excited about this prospect, but I'm a little nervous. I got to say the, the sheer number or volume of people that they're saying they're expecting is a little scary. That's Bob Iger calling right now. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> In other words, three days on your feet for nine hours and all the things that are going to be going on and all the people to see and all the excitement. Um, I'm going to need a vacation after this one, I think. It's going to be, like I said, uh, I'm looking forward to going on uh, – because I'm kind of going there wearing multiple hats. I'm going there as a guest and as an enthusiast that just cannot wait to see the keynote presentations and the Tron legacy and and listen and hear Bob Iger and John Lasseter and Jay Rizzullo and and to go to their live auction, Peter Pan's Flight Ride Car. Please don't let anybody else bid on that. Um, <laughs> so many different types of pavilions and events and things that are going on. Uh, but again, it's all about the guests. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm also going sort of for the show. So I just need to sort of cover the event for the show. Um, and I can also let you know that I'm also going as an exhibitor because I, too, am going to have a table in what they're calling the collector's forum. And you talk about size and scope and, and preparation and fear because, yeah, we've done events with five, 600 people for a day, something that's four days long with the kind of numbers and, and expectations that they're having. Um, it's quite a step. It is quite yeah. a step. And that's what I meant when I said it, it may be taking things to a whole new level when you talk about these Disney fan experiences and this magic outside the parks. Now, Lori, well, you're going. Gonna... You're going as well. Yes. Was this I... was this a no brainer for you when it was announced? Um, pretty much because I was already going to be out there, and originally I was going to leave that Thursday. But once they announced the dates, um, I decided to extend the trip, just to be at least be there a couple days of it to experience it. So I'm yeah, I'm excited. Mom's excited. It's it's going to be an experience. That's for sure. What if anything? drew you to this the most or what are you expecting and to that same point how do you think something like this is going to compare to something like a magic meets a mouse fest or can you not even think about are they apples and oranges to you oh it's it's definitely apples and oranges you can't even try to compare the two because i mean first of all the venue is just you know what 10 times bigger than the radisson so it's it's very hard to compare but i don't know i'm just going hoping that i get to see joe roadie somewhere <laughs> <laughs> groupie, groupie, yes. Already groupie, yeah. okay. Yeah, but I th- it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I'm interested to see you know who we get to see, and you know, hopefully, yeah, I get to see John Lasser walk by, and you know, I know the cast of Wizards of Waverly Place will be there, which if I get to see them, Casty will love it. But yeah, it's it's going to be cool seeing other other, especially being on in California. I think it's going to be a whole different aspect of if it was in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the, I think a lot of locals will be in. So to see the, the Disneyland, you know, groupies, I guess you want to say, compared to the Walt Disney World groupies, I think you're going to notice that. 
but I don't know if I'll get to go anywhere because I have to work somebody's table because I'm one of his minions. Oh, <laughs> did Becky hire you? Did Becky call yeah. you into active duty again? Yes, she did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, it is. I think you're right. I think to a certain degree, it very well may be apples and oranges in some regards. But in other ways, it's not because it is going to bring together people who say that I'm part of this Disney community, that Disney community together in one place to share all the different things they love, but now with Disney bringing their own elements to it as well. So there, there is that um, enthusiast and collector forum and community with, with sort of Disney sort of um, backing and being behind and sort of far overreaching and in expanding the scale of this so many more times over. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to make it to the to this year's, you know, the initial inaugural D23 event. We're hoping to go down or planning to go down for next year's. But uh, the one thing I would hope that there would be is still with that number of people. I would hope. I would like to see there still be that real sense of community, like I felt at Magic Meets. That's really. I mean, I don't want it to. I'm looking forward to the whole convention. The big big, huge ticket items that you couldn't hope to see anywhere else. The hat box ghost, life-size hat box ghost in the auction, and the, the ride cars and all this other incredible stuff and the archive stuff. But um, one thing I hear people talking about was you see the D23 events where it's small groups get to go to the archives and a smaller group gets to go to a, sh a preview of a movie. And to me, those are the things that I was also excited about because I think in the small groups you really get that the community dynamic really gets to for people to talk to one another. And I certainly hope that that translates into the D23 event where you go there and people are still open for that, that friendship because that's really where the magic was for me as much as anything else. I agree. And when we first talked about D23, uh, I think that was something that I liked about it. And I think it's, I think that's why D23 is a good complement to the online communities and the forums and, and Facebook and everything else because it's just another way for people who want to belong to something, who want to connect and to be a part of something or help out in some way to do it. And if it's D23 or if it's anything else, you can do that because you are going to be with like-minded people that, that share the same passions and go to the different events and make friends and know that you're all part of of something else and you know i think all these things magic meets and mouse fest and the pacific northwest and d all these things have introduced something new it's sort of I, that i look at kind of the disney experience and it's not just the disney experience is no longer just your time in the parks or your time online but it could be anywhere and like we've all agreed it's so not about the place but it's about the people. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I have a good story from uh, this year's Magic Meets, if you want me to share it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> no, no, don't share it. Okay. Oh, please don't share it again. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's a good story. It might even make you cry. Um, Cassidy, my daughter, was bidding on the mystery pin lot during the auction and she uh you know time was getting a couple minutes before you know it was closing and i was standing a couple people down from where it was and 
you know, I was watching her bid and somebody else has been against her and she's getting all into the whole auction bidding thing and getting all nervous. And, you know, I kind of give her a mouth that I didn't want her to go over. And, you know, I was, I was busy, so I wasn't, you know, totally keep an eye on her and the auction closes and I turn around and she comes running, bawling her eyes out that she got outbid at the very last seconds. So I don't know what happened. Knowing her, she probably just turned her head and wasn't paying attention. And she's bawling like crazy. I'm like, Cassie, it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. This is where I cry. The lady comes over and tells her that she will share the pins with her. You know, I didn't know the lady. She didn't know me. She didn't know Cassidy. And it's, it's that Disney magic that, I mean, I was crying. My mom was crying. Val was crying. I mean, Cassidy was still crying. But, I mean, she just, she told Cassie when it was done that they they would go sit down and she would let her pick out two of the pins. I wasn't there when it happened, but the lady, she let her pick out two pins and even gave her an extra pin out of her collection for her. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 that, it's that Disney magic that it's so hard to explain that this lady, well, I'll just call Dee Dee because those are her initials because I don't know if she'd want her name mentioned, but... You know, she was just this amazing, nice woman to do that for her. Yeah, after outbidding the poor kid and making her lose and cry. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of stopped the tear flow there for a moment. Thanks, Lou. <laughs> no, you're right. And I'm happy you told the story because that's one of dozens and hundreds that take place at, at these events all the time. And, um, you know, I know for myself personally, the benefits that I've gotten from these um, have nothing to do with the show or books or anything like that. It's the friendships. And the three of you are all, you know, very much indicative of that. Um, I, I never would have known you but for these kind of things. And, and I am uh, I'm honored and blessed to be able to call you and so many others my friends. And, and that's... That's where the magic outside the parks takes place at these things. And um, for those people that may have contemplated going or is it for me or should I give it a try or I, I'm afraid to go alone, you absolutely should because you are among friends even if you haven't met them yet. Um, and, and I think that you'll see that um, you, you are among – you will always be among friends at these events. Yeah, some of these people you only see once a year and when you see each other – it's like time has stood still and it's it's it is it's like you have brothers and sisters this big extended family and it's it's amazing some of my best friends i've you know met on facebook or on you know the forums and it's it's just a truly amazing connection that you have with everybody absolutely yeah, it's amazing to me how how the magic meets have changed it all started with the experience of the parks for me and then the community was this incredible offshoot of that but now it's amazing how this community has so very much changed my park experience we're going down in september for the weekend for the everest weekend we're going to run in the everest challenge and go to the adventurous club dinner but now even my wife charlene she's already talking about who we're going to see down there and how she's going to ditch me to hang out with deanna for and your your boys can go do what in Deanna's words those boys can go do whatever it is they do you know and but to me that's it's it's amazing it's the entire park experience it's a whole different thing where where I used to look forward to 
uh, well, I used to look forward to all my restaurants down there mostly and a couple of rides, but we, now it's just looking forward to seeing our friends and experiencing everything down there again with, I mean, everybody's experienced it all before for the most part, but the, it'll be completely new to experience it with all our new friends. And that's what we're looking forward to. It's amazing how it's changed the park experience for my family. Absolutely. And, and that's why, too, that's why I started doing my Meet to the Month because I was like, I would hear from people saying, oh, you know, I, I can't get down to Mouse Fest because my kids are in school, or I can't get out to Magic Meets, but I'm going to be in the park, you know, this week or that week. And I said, well, look, I'm there all the time anyway, and I love getting a chance to meet people, and I have such a good time standing around for what oftentimes ends up being hours. You know, our meet, I think, in July, it was pouring rain. It was miserable outside. A ton of people gathered under the awnings and huddled together by Seashore Suites on the boardwalk and sat there and did nothing but talk about Disney World and Disney stuff from 6.30 at night until 11.30 when it was just like, listen, I'm going to pass out because I haven't eaten. I've, I've got to go at this point. It's been, and I'm standing right near the flying fish. It's teasing me with its food. Um, but again, like you said, Tony, the park experience changes and it's about the friends and it's about all those things. And uh, again, it, it's, it's an amazing journey um, what this whole Disney community has become. Absolutely. And that's saying a lot because those those people at your meets, they could be in the parks. I mean, that's time out of, it's not just time out of your life where you have, like, you know, all this time of, that you're doing things. That's a very specific time that people are looking forward to. Maybe those people are only down in Disney World for three days at a time, but they're so willing to come and meet with everybody. And that says a lot about everyone. It says a lot about oh. the entire community. You're willing Abs to take that time out away from the parks. I totally agree with you, Tony. And a great example of that is, um, is Mouse Fest, what we did before. I would go down there for four days and literally maybe ride on two rides because they were meets. The rest of the time was just meeting up with people and going to the meets where people you know, stood around and talked. And it really did change the dynamic of, of my visit. Yeah, it was great. I've only been to one meet in the park, like I have, I've said a dozen times so far. It was in January. And it was just, it was so much fun to stand there. I was there, I don't know how long we were there for, three hours probably. And I met Sal and Steve. I'd never even spoken to them online. Just, and they've become really good friends that even my, what we can't wait to see and talk to online. And even outside of the Disney community forums, just talking to these people outside. You know, meeting up with friends, going to the beach next weekend with Pat, hopefully, and meeting on down on Long Island and all this stuff that's completely separate from Disney World. But this is, you know, this is the wonderful life it's helped to create for me and my family. Absolutely. And and I think sort of, you know, looking at these things as a whole, uh, you should you know if you've been there and you should know that if you're thinking about it, that these events, wherever they are, they are fun, they are inspiring, and they make a difference not just in your life, but oftentimes in the lives of others. And uh, to my very good friends, Lori and Becky and uh, uh, name, uh, Tony, Tony, <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank Big you Papa. all. Thank you. Big Papa, Tony. Uh, thank you all so much for coming on and sharing your experiences and sincerely, most of all, for your friendship. Thank you. Thank and you. we'll see you at D23. Yeah. yeah, it's been my pleasure. This is my pleasure, so thank you all. I was waiting for a woohoo from Lori, I guess. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs>
time for another Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. Been way too long since I've done one of these. So this week, I'm going to ask you five random Walt Disney World trivia questions. Ask you to email me your answers to lou at wdwradio.com by Saturday, August 29th at 11.59 p.m. From all the correct answers, I will randomly draw one winner for a prize package. It's going to include an all-new audio guide to Walt Disney World Fantasyland CD and a couple of more surprises as well. So here you go. Here are your five clues for this week's trivia contest. Number one. In Muppet Vision 3D, Waldorf and Statler comment on Bean Bunny being reunited with the rest of the cast where they say, This is a very moving moment. Yeah, I wish they'd move it to... So where do they say they think they should move it to? Question two. What attraction is found on Soundstage 15 over at Disney's Hollywood Studios? Question three. In the universe of energy, Dr. Judy Peterson is a professor of energy at where? Question four. Where in the world have you heard this phrase? First comes G, then C, and then D, and then you go back to G, but you gotta be quick. And question five. In the current incarnation of Spaceship Earth, a family is seen watching TV. What are they watching? There you go. There are your five questions. Where should Muppet Vision 3D be moved to, according to Waldorf and Statler? What attraction is found in Soundstage 15 at the Hollywood Studios? Where is Dr. Judy Peterson, a professor of energy? Where in the world have you heard the phrase, first comes G, then C, and D, and then go on back to G, but you gotta be quick? And question five, in the current version of Spaceship Earth, the family that's watching TV is watching what? Again, you have until Saturday, August 29th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to send your answers in to lou at wdwradio.com. From there, I'll randomly draw one. So remember, it's more important to be right than to be first. So good luck and have fun. going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks also to my guests Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. You can visit her site at mousefantravel.com. Lori Burke and her blog over at wewantstheredhead.blogspot.com and Tony Caggiano and his new blog over at thewebpage.blogspot.com I'll link all those up in this week's show notes. Also on the site at wdwradio.com You can find out more information about my upcoming Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World. The next meet is going to be Saturday, August 29th at Typhoon Lagoon, where we're going to spend a WDW Radio day at a Disney water park. Typhoon Lagoon opens up at 10 a.m. You can visit the event page on Facebook or the forums. There I've posted a map with the exact location where we're going to sort of make camp near Crush and Gusher. If there is bad weather, I also have a backup location at the Earl of Sandwich in downtown Disney. I will tweet out on Twitter or post on Facebook that morning 
If we see the weather is bad and we're going to be moving the location, again, Twitter, Facebook, best way to find out exactly where we're going to be. September's meet of the month is going to be Saturday, September 26th. That is the weekend of the Adventurers Club event, the Expedition Everest Challenge, food and wine, and food and wine. And our meet is going to be Saturday, September 26th at 12 noon over at Disney's Animal Kingdom at the Flame Tree Barbecue. We'll be at the lower level pavilion down by the water. Great place to sit. It's covered, relaxed, views of Expedition Everest. If you go to the left of the counter area, you'll follow the pathway down to the water. Again, on the event page and in the forums, I've posted a map of exactly where we're going to be. Following that, the October meet is going to be either Saturday the 24th or Sunday the 25th. That is the Tower of Terror 13K weekend. Stay tuned for more details and uh, times and locations, etc. Now, I also mentioned during this segment that I'm not only going to be at the D23 Expo between September 10th and the 13th of this year, but I'm also going to have a table in the Collector's Forum. So if you are coming to the Expo, please come by and say hi. I'm going to have some giveaways at the table, as well as books, CDs, maybe even a special guest or two. I'm also going to be covering the event for the show with audio and video, and who knows, maybe even a live broadcast right from the Expo. Definitely stay tuned for more information about that. Now, because I'm not really sure of what the evening schedules are going to be, Disney is still releasing information that they are going to have some evening movie screenings and other things going on. I wanted to try and organize a meet maybe in Disneyland, but I want to wait until we hear more details and to see about what we can put together. But no matter what, please come by the table and say hello. Again, once I get more information about where that will be, I'll post it. But again, I will be over in the Collector's Forum. Over on the site at WDWRadio.com, look for more new videos. I'm going to post a new video this week. You can find all of my previous videos on the site in iTunes or on YouTube. And again, if you subscribe to the show via iTunes, they will automatically be downloaded as they are released. If you have any questions you can want answered on the show, you can email me at lou at WDWRadio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, call the toll-free voicemail line at 888-703-2171. If you aren't following me on Twitter, head on over to Twitter.com, get your free account, Follow my instant updates, play games, I post pictures, audio, and lots more surprises from the parks at twitter.com slash lumangelo. And if you're on Facebook, come by, friend me up, and join the WDW Radio Show fan page. Links to all these right on the homepage at wdwradio.com. Stay tuned for another WDW Radio Live. Thanks to all of you that tuned in during the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet uh, last weekend. Had a great time doing that. Celebrations Magazine over at CelebrationsPress.com. Issue 6 is out. It's on the way. We're already working on Issue 7. To subscribe or for back issues, again, CelebrationsPress.com. And if you want to contribute an article, a letter to the editor, photos, suggestions, anything at all to help, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Finally, thanks to all my sponsors again, Becky from Mouse Fan Travel for all your Disney and non-Disney vacation planning needs. All-Star Vacation Homes with more than 150 homes within five miles of Walt Disney World. They've got spas, kitchens, game rooms, amazing decorations, and so much more. They have two-bedroom condos, up to seven-bedroom homes. Again, you can go and visit All-Star Vacation Homes slash WDW Radio for special offers. 
And finally, dvcbyresale.com. Visit their website for point charts, availability, frequently asked questions, the blogs, and so much more. And as always, my friends, if you like the show, please let others know about it. Post on other forums, review us on iTunes, come say hi on Facebook, anything else. Very, very much appreciated. Lots of exciting new things coming to you in the next few weeks and months, I promise. And if you are a new listener, please go back, check out some of the old episodes. I think you're going to enjoy. And of course, thanks to all of you so very much for taking the time out of your day and your week, for tuning in and for all your support. It means the world to me. So until next time, remember to always keep moving forward, follow your dreams, and most importantly, have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou, it's Steve from Miami. I uh, just heard uh, the, your last two podcasts. Uh, first, I, uh, I recognize the comments you made about your uh, meet, in which somebody drove three hours to, uh, to the meet, guilty of charge. I uh, just wanted to let you know that I have to take two power naps on the way back on the turnpike. Uh, I had a little trouble keeping my eyes open, but it was totally worth it. I had a great time. Uh, the other thing is, I just heard your interview with Chantel Crawford, where she mentioned uh, having, having it was hard to hear because she was hearing a lot of ruckus, and you said ruckus, and I thought you were going to say, and you described the ruckus, but you didn't, so you kind of let me down there, and I had to let you know, so again, I love your show, and uh, can't wait here to hear the next show, okay? Hi, Lou. It's Odine and Alex calling from the top of the Contemporary Hotel. We just had dinner at the California Grill. We saw illuminations out our, winter, out our window while eating at the California Grill. Then we walked outside and watched Wishes and the Electric Water Pageant. We had a wonderful time here tonight. We love your podcast and keep up the great work and hope to talk to you or meet you real soon. Bye-bye. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Sharon from the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. And my kids and I are getting, well, they're getting ready for bed, and we were just talking, and my daughter, Adina Rosenlieb, came up with a really neat idea um, that there should be a Star Wars um, dinner at the studios. And we were talking about how you would set it up like it could be the club and the original Star Wars movie, and there could be a stage set up to hear the band and um, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker could do a battle and then the characters could walk, you know, go around and say hi to the tables and um, the waiters and waitresses could be uh, dressed as aliens from the club. And, and it was just really a neat idea. And I thought, wow, at the studios, that would just, boy, that would just be wonderful and pull in a lot of people. So I just thought it would be neat to let you know about it, and uh, thanks a lot for all you do. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. It's Alex. Um, I just called, but I forgot to tell you that I bought your Walt Disney World trivia book, and I've read through the entire thing, and I love it. It's great. Uh, See ya. Lou, hey, it's Melissa from the Cinnamons and Canes. We sound a little tired. We are. It's late. We did the magic hours at Epcot, but wanted to let you know what a fun, fun time we had doing Kim Possible through the countries. That was a lot of fun. 
I fulfilled the dream and saw Tinkerbell. Very excited. And we also found another magical moment was finding Cinderella's horse on the carousel and riding it. My son found it, and we were able to ride it uh, on Magic Magic Hour Nights on Monday night, I think it was. So thank you for giving us those tips, things I heard on your podcast to make me aware of, to make the time here at the kingdom very magical. So we'll be in touch, I'm sure. <laughs> hope we're not boring you. With, I hope I'm not boring you with our details, but we're having a great time, as always, and enhanced by the tips from Lou Mangello and WGW Radio. All right, see ya. Hey Lou, this is Evan. Um, right now I'm enjoying a Dole Whip uh, pineapple float with my family at Aloha Isle in Disney World. Uh, <laughs> wish you were here because uh, you said you weren't going to be here. Okay, we're going to go do stuff. Okay, bye. Hi Lou, it's Angela calling from Guelph, Ontario. I love your show. Um, anyways, I'm just calling because I wanted to wish my best friend, Danusha, a happy birthday for this Thursday. Um, not only was she the one that told me about your podcast and trivia books, but she's also a large part of the reason uh, why I love Disney World so much. And we've been on many trips together, and hopefully we go on lots more until we're old ladies. Uh, so happy birthday, Danusha, and thanks, Lou. Lou, hi, it's Melissa from the Cinnamons and Kings. We got back yesterday from our wonderful trip to Disney, and uh, once again, I wanted to say what a great time we had, and thank you so much for all your tips. Uh, My husband is a new convert. He's been listening nonstop since we traveled down to Disney last week, and I also wanted to give a plug for Bananas Foster. We got his journal, and what a great accessory to our trip. Um, We were able to, I was able to complete a journal. I try every time we go down there, and this year we actually completed it with the easy pages and guides and suggestions on how to uh, fill out your your daily excursions to the wonderful parks at Disney. So it was a great accessory, and the next time we go, I will get another one because it's a wonderful keepsake for years to come. So keep doing what you're doing. It's been great. Um, We listened uh, on our commute to work today and just kept us in the wonderful Disney magic mood. So thanks, Lou. Hope all is well, and you take care, and see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Stas. Uh, I told I told you that I'd be calling. Um, I am, well, I'm not actually right in there, but I'm about five miles from it. Um, no, I'm not in Florida. I'm a uh, I went on a camping trip, and right now I am in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and today I just went to Dollywood. Uh, nice amusement park, but it doesn't meet Disney standards. Nothing meets Disney standards, trust me. Uh, very nice amusement park. I recommend going there and everything. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I went to a wax museum. I went to the Hollywood Cars Museum and got my pictures in the Beverly Hillbillies Jalopy, um, Back to the Future DeLorean, uh, Smokey and the Bandit, Transformers, Herbie the Love Bug, Charlie's Angels. I went to a Ripley's Believe It or Not. I went to uh, an aquarium. I went to, well, I've done a lot of stuff. Uh, bought a few magic tricks, because I am into magic and everything. So, um, 
I uh, I have two shows to catch up on too because I haven't even heard the last one because I can't get it here in Tennessee with my iPod. So uh, everyone, uh, I hope Magic Meets went well. Uh, that would have been fun. Uh, so uh, I guess I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey Lou, this is Brian uh, from the Cinnamons and Canes, and my wife's called you. We both love your show. And we're wrapping up our trip here at Disney this week. Just calling to say, hey, we had a terrific time. Um, we're getting on the, the boat. Going to ride over the Magic Kingdom tonight. It's extra magic hours. Going to go to two. So we're going to go hit our favorites one last time, and then we hit the road tomorrow. So thanks for your tips. Uh, we had a, a wonderful time. The weather's been great. The, the hotel, the uh, Port Orleans Riverside was awesome. So it's been great. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing your next show. It's always a lot of fun. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Josh from Manly calling. Um, just finished listening to the latest podcast, and I wanted to respond to Josh's idea um, for Walt Disney animatronic. Great idea. That just made me stop and imagine seeing that. Um, it seemed that looked so cool. Um, so Josh, keep coming up with the great ideas. Um, that's what really. That's all I really wanted to say. And see ya. Whew. <laughs>